stripping is a caveman tradition that enslaves our working class. Oh, yeah? Well, then you tell the service industry to give me a big fat raise because without tips, I'm screwed. Oh, yeah? Well, I don't like math. And if you love tipping, then unfriend me. Hello, one and all, and welcome back to Unfriend Me for March 6th, 2018. Scott Johnson here with Justin Robert Young. Hello. Well, hello, Scott. It's a pleasure joining you yet again yes. for a week of Unfriend Me. Indeed. Uh, today, as you may have heard from the intro, a controversial topic about tipping. We're not talking about cow tipping. We're not talking about a... a um, Furniture tipping in the UK, that's when you just leave like your old mattress on the side of the road for someone to deal with. That's called. Wait a minute, that's that's what they call it? Yeah, they call it tipping. According to Terpster, you call that tipping, like furniture tipping or mattress tipping. So you just leave it out there. And I think what you they mean leave is like. Leave a mattress? Yeah, like leaving an old, dirty, stained up mattress out in the street for someone to just come and take. I bet a, you that's how the London fire happened. <laughs> it probably is. Probably not a bad uh, estimate, but uh, it's going to be interesting today because it has been a while since I've been in a service industry where tipping was a big thing. But if I'm being honest, a lot of what we do with Patreon, with other kinds of stuff that helps make our little uh, business work, a lot of it is kind of tipping. Well, you want, you want to know what? We're, we're actually going to try to draw a fairly tight circle around restaurant and service tipping here during this show. And, and you certainly can draw a few lines out, but... It is that, the service tipping, that has come under fire recently uh, by a lot of think pieces. And uh, it tends to be a very controversial subject, specifically with uh, people who are not from America. It is, is a very fairly uniquely American tradition, how close we hold to it. And many wish we would evolve out of it. And many uh, restaurants and cities have decided to take matters into their own hands. Yeah, a friend of the program, Patrick Beja, has said to me often, on many occasions, that it would be really offensive to tip somebody in a French cafe, mm. uh, which I, you know, take to, he lived in Paris for a very long time. He's a, he's a, he's a, a you know, a patriot of France. And I believe him when he tells me this. So that seems like a thing. He also says it's super, uh, like super, weird and dirty and lame if you ask for a doggy bag or a box to take what you didn't eat home he says yeah. that is like the biggest no-no ever but tipping apparently is just not a thing you do especially in a lot of european countries certainly yeah. we're not the only also, ones though I'm, I'm glad that beige is finally getting his opinion out there i, I think he's just too meek normally <laughs> i know and it keeps it in holds it in it's not good for you buddy let it out once in a while no, let it out <laughs> Uh, well, listen, we're going to talk all about it. But first, we get into our episode from last week. This was our episode on veganism and food politics in general. Everybody sent their emails to unfriendmeshow at gmail.com. Andrew wrote, I do try to reduce my meat consumption because I know that the high levels of consumption are not long-term viable for our ecosystem. This is where meat alternatives come into my life. I'm a huge supporter of research into lab-grown meat and other new advances in meat substitutes. With more products like this on the market, I could see myself eating vegan without necessarily believing in vegan ethics. Well, it's like I said last week. If there was more of this available and it was good, like the, the, the better this stuff gets, uh, the more likely I am to eat it as an alternative to meat. And I'm not, uh, you know, I don't, I don't uh, exhibit as vegan. I'm not vegan. I'm not vegetarian. But I'm all about, hey, how about a few less cows farting in the wind? How about... Uh, a little less uh, animal cruelty. How about a lot of things like that? How about we just eat a thing that tastes just as good? I'm I'm kind of with Andrew. Spencer wrote in and says, we can make plenty of arguments for not eating meat. For example, there are potential environmental benefits, health benefits in certain individuals, and the ethical argument of not killing animals. However, I really like to hear both of your arguments as for why you do eat meat. I think it's important to be mm -hmm. able to argue uh, just not why we want to change something, but to have justifications for what we believe currently. I don't really have a belief. Food chain, food chain. That's what I do. Like when people yell scoreboard, like that's what I do. I just point out a food chain and I say, guess what? We rule the world so we could eat what we want. That and you were born. Well, I was born and raised eating meat, uh, ate it as soon as I could eat it and have always loved it. So that's kind of a hard thing to pull out of a person to, you know, slap them in the face and go, look at all the harm you're doing. 
uh, by consuming so much meat when your entire life you were uh, encouraged to and placed before had placed before you meat. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I guess that there is probably some level where I don't view the worth of an animal the same way that other people do that have ethical reasons for not eating vegan. Like, I, I think that farm factory farming is uh, unpleasant to be around, but also a lot of things. Are what if we were more around. like what if we were more like the whole eat the whole buffalo kind of attitude? Where you cut out, you know, here's, yeah, you got the steaks, but hey, don't worry, don't worry, because Thursday night we're having testicle stew, and the week after that we're chewing on the ears all afternoon, like. Well, here's my problem with that argument, like, are we tripping over uh, buffalo shins? <laughs> like, you know, is that a problem? Like, is anybody like, like, oh my God, I mean, sure, everybody's enjoying their, their chili, but oh God, we're up to our ankles and buffalo ankles. <laughs> No, nobody cares. No. Throw it away. Uh, Never. It's, it's true. It's a different time. Alan ever. wrote, uh, my twin daughters went pescatarian in high school for ethical reason, which led to a hilarious change, which when I thought they were going presbyterian, <laughs> I started cooking two meals to follow their choices. Fast forward to a few years later, and I made jambalaya with andouille sausage, and they were no longer pescatarian. One twin while eating it said, I forgot how much I loved. I, I should clarify uh, something about that pescatarian deal. We didn't really discuss it last week, but that's technically what my daughter says she is. She'll eat fish. She'll eat shrimp. She'll eat seafood. Uh, she will not eat like red meat or chicken or turkey or any of that or, or pork. Or, or or anything, pork. Yeah. yeah. So it's just the fish. It's the, the water living creature type fish. And again, she doesn't have, it's not a thing where she's like, oh, I don't like how cattle are treated or whatever. She just likes the taste of those things and does not like the taste of uh, grazed grazing meat. Yeah. Put it I, I guess here's all I would say to Alan. Uh, cool if your daughters eat meat. Cool if they don't. Like, yeah, I think that the one weird thing about food politics is when we want to overwrite somebody else's uh, because of our own. And that's why I think politics is a great metaphor for it because so much of political conversation is about why I'm right and I hope that you are more like me by the end of our conversation and I think that that's something that happens a lot with food that either the most annoying behavior of vegans is a talking down to others and the most frustrating thing from the other side is like yeah but what about bacon bacon's <laughs> delicious right yeah. and and that's and that is is us trying to proselytize and I don't think we need to Everybody can eat what we live in in a society of abundance. Let's eat what we want. Yeah. Let's help those who can't eat as easily eat more and everyone will be happy. Uh, don't forget, the only way we hear from people like Andrew Spencer and Alan, which sounds like a f one guy, Andrew Spencer, Alan, you're either. A, oh, a, man, I loved I loved Andrew Spencer Allen's uh, uh, debut jazz. Fusion. <laughs> Is Andrew like Allen's middle name Spencer? Let's find that oh, out. It Let's might go, be. go yeah. hit up, hit him up on Twitter. Yeah. Andrew let us Allen. know what you found. Keys with soul on Twitter. Um, so uh, the, the reason I say that is because, look, these three guys, they had to find us somehow, and here's how they did it. They sent us emails to unfriendmeshow at gmail.com. That's unfriendmeshow at gmail.com. And as always, you're encouraged, encouraged to use that as frequently or as often as you can to express your opinions, especially if you're not here and can't call in while we're doing this stuff live. So get on that. Now, Justin, I may walk into a restaurant tomorrow and say yeah. – uh, I am a meat eating vegetable lover as well. I'd like to order a bunch of food and they'll bring it to me. And at the end of that, given where my geolocation is, if I don't offer up some kind of gratuity, I will be viewed as a bastard by the establishment, by those who served me and by those around me. Why is that, that I, that that's going to happen to me here in, in good old America and not someplace else. I should move to Sweden. Is that what we're saying today? That's yeah. a long way to go in a <laughs> sentence that wasn't actually a question and ended with you moving to Sweden. <laughs> According to the Oxford English Dictionary, Scott, the word tip originated as a slang term and its entomology is unclear. According to the online entomology dictionary, the meaning is to give a small present of money and began around 1600. And the meaning to give a gratuity to is first uh, uh, used in 1706. The noun in this sense is from 1755. The term in the sense to give a gratuity first appeared in the 18th century and derived from the earlier sense of tip, meaning to give to hand to pass, which originated in the rogue's cant in the 17th century. 
Mm. Now, the United States tradition of dipping is fairly uncommon beyond North America, meaning specifically uh, uh, America, Canada, and Mexico. However, it is uh, accepted in Hungary and Albania, oddly enough, although eschewed throughout much of Western Europe and Asia. Mm. Yeah. Now, That's true, definitely true. And uh, when I was in Japan and in China, it, they weren't offended, but I would kind of go through the motions of like extra cash, uh, and they'd go, "Oh no, 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 no," and they wouldn't t- just wouldn't take it, like no tip, yeah. no tip, no tip, and they'd move on. And that, that no, was they, they know, they know we're coming. They see our big white faces rolling into their establishments, and they know <laughs> that we're gonna try and throw money at them, like so there's some sort of exotic dancer or something. Right. Uh, hey, speaking of exotic dancers, uh, uh, we I uh, did find out that. Strippers make, on average, the highest gratuities uh, at an average rate. This meaning the worst stripper in the world uh, uh, and and the and the best stripper in the world average together twenty five dollars in tips per hour. Oh my god! That is that is uh that is that is a lot when you when you factor in uh, literally everybody. Who's do you that. do you think you attribute that to the fact that they are? Uh, why is that? Is it the kind of service that it is? And therefore, it's more uh, akin to like, hey, you're you're like literally giving me the most intimate part of yourself in a way. So therefore, you deserve. More, I don't more money. know. I mean, whether it's it's just. I think everybody's a lot freer with their wallet when there's a boner. I <laughs> <laughs> think like it's like everything, right? It's not even just like a strip club. Like if you're trying to impress some, if you're trying to impress somebody. You're like, yeah, sure, whatever, whatever. What do you want? You want to go to dinner? You want to? You want to go to a movie? Fine. Uh, I'm paying. It's on me. Yeah. I just feel like as soon as, as soon as blood starts rushing to the lower extremities, uh, all of a sudden that that wallet, that credit card starts getting a workout. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, looks like they're they're doing okay. I don't know what that does to their base pay. So that would be a big question for me. People. Well, that- here is part of the issue yeah. uh, with our our situation in America, and this is where I think we're we are already getting a lot of uh, chatter here in the Twitch.tv slash Frog Pants chat room as we record live. That there is a less than minimum wage service uh, wage that is uh, that is paid to servers of of many different industries uh, in in the food world. So basically. I don't know what it is now, whether or not it's a percentage of uh, minimum wage. But back when I was a server, we would get three dollars and twenty five cents an hour, Jeez. Uh, which was a fraction of, I think, the five or six dollar minimum wage. That was the, uh, the the minimum wage in Florida at the time. Where could we find you? Where was this place? Do we want to call out any names? Is it uh, a chain? Yeah. Hey, big shout outs to uh, they're both still there. Uh, Tower Pizza. On University Drive, yeah, uh, uh, right by uh, Nova University, and then literally right across the street from Nova University, the Buca di Beppo, which is a Italian chain restaurant, yeah, uh, but uh, was a great place to work because, as uh, uh, shout out to all my servers, there are a few things that you always want. Number one, you got to get that bill as high as possible because then they're going to tip obviously a percentage on it. But Buca di Beppo was great for uh big entrees that were like family style mm-hmm. so if you got two or three of them on the table boom you're at 75 dollars before you even blink let alone if they get a bottle of wine right <laughs> now all of a sudden you're up over a hundred dollars you're, you're you're sitting pretty this, yeah. is, this is gonna be a pretty good night plus, you, you get a couple of those yeah and plus, you're rocking and plus that place is uh they were always big on having tons of shit on the wall and i'm a big believer in that in a restaurant i like that oh stuff. yeah no a lot of like old kitschy 1960s uh mm-hmm. stuff so big shout out if, if anybody's a manager at a book de beppo let me know i'd love to come in and just eat for free uh <laughs> All right. So uh, so here's the deal. The service wage is lower with the expectation of the American cultural uh, norm that you are going to get a tip between 15 and 20 percent based on your service. Right. And herein lies the rub. Although we imagine that this is something that is totally derived from how your service is. Uh, 
uh, statistical studies have shown that that is not always the case. In fact, there are a lot of factors that go in to how big or how small a tip is, including what the uh, server is uh, gendered, what they look like, how big or small the uh, their breasts are. I, I guess that would be only for those who are identifying as female and not necessarily to the males. I don't know if larger male breasts tend to get more tips. Yeah. Uh, and race. Uh, these all play a factor. In fact, there are little things that randomly uh, uh, do wind up factoring in uh, beyond the service, including whether or not a woman has something in her hair a like flower or something in a, a woman's hair, uh, according to one study, uh, resulted on average in more tips. Another thing that uh, almost always uh, happens, and this is beyond uh, appearance, is whether or not a server repeats your order back to you. That is uh, very reassuring, apparently, to customers in general that will tip higher uh, because I guess it demonstrates confidence that your order is not going to get screwed up. Yeah, I'm into that too. That actually, now that you mention it, I don't know that it's ever made me tip higher. Actually, maybe it has. There have been a couple of cases where everything else was chaos, but they were super on that po on point with that, and it was late, and it was uh, maybe a little cold even. But I was just happy that they were efficiently they were an efficient cog in the otherwise chaotic wheel that was that place. So uh, maybe that's a that's a very interesting. I wonder how many servers know all of this. Like how many of them. Like some of them do their homework and go out and go, all right, I need the flower in the hair. I need the, the bigger yeah. boobs. I need the whatever. We're, we're going to get back to this because I have a very <laughs> strong opinion on this yeah. and I will I will unleash it in a second. All right. But uh, before that, we will uh, uh, get into some of the economic theory behind tipping. A 2009 economic, uh, academic paper by Stephen Holland called tipping an effective mechanism for risk sharing and welfare improvement, which reduces the risk factor faced by a service customer because the customer can decide whether or not to tip. Tipping is sometimes given as, as an example of the principal agent problem in economics. One example is a restaurant owner who engages servers to act as agents on his or her behalf. In some cases, compensation agreements can increase worker effort if compensation is tied to the firm's success. And one example of such compensation agreements is waiters and waitresses who are paid tips. Studies, however, show that in the real world, the size of a tip is only weakly correlated with the quality of the service. So basically, if you're an employer, yeah. what you want is for your employees to feel as much a part of the success, specifically in a very volatile, high-risk business like restaurants, as they can. And the argument is, okay, if you are going to see immediate economic benefit from you providing a higher level of service, which therefore uh, creates the reputation for this restaurant, then that's better for the restaurant as a whole. However, like we've mentioned before, sometimes quality of service isn't exactly what people want. Mm. Yeah, now, and they, yeah can make me throw this one little bit in here. Go. I mean, obviously, they want to create empowerment. This is true of any, I shouldn't say any. Most companies try to find ways to help their employees feel empowered. They don't really have much power. The power resides in the CEO or the board or whoever's in charge. But at the end of the day, you would like people to feel like they have maybe not ownership in a, in a literal sense, but ownership in a, in a in a productive sense. So when they go out there, they're they're commanding, they're smart, they're responsive. And tipping is seen by many in that industry as a motivator for that, like a, a reason for them to go out and fight for it. It also fits very nicely, in my opinion. Uh, again, for good or ill, I think more ill, but uh, it fits right in with the template of the American way of pick yourself up by your bootstraps and find, you know, you, you compete to be the best at what you do. And if you're getting the highest tips, that is sure sign that you are the best one here and you're going to go on to great things. Whatever's next for you is going to be amazing. Like you what? climb up the chain, you break through the ceiling, you move to the next level. Like that is American as shit. Well, I'll tell you what, then uh, by the numbers, the hardest workers in America are blonde women with big boobs uh, because they, <laughs> by the numbers, are the ones who get the highest tips. So sure. not to take anything away from blonde women with big boobs, uh, but but maybe there are other factors that go into it. This, of course, is what makes some people hate tipping. 
uh, hot takes from the following outlets over the last few years. Slate, the New York Times, and Esquire have published epic rants calling for the end of the abomination of tipping in the last year or so. But nobody made the case better than the Times' Peter Wells, who summed up our current tipping system as such. It is an irrational, outdated, ineffective, confusing, prone to abuse, and sometimes discriminatory. The people who take care of us in restaurants deserve a better system, and so do we. Folks, why don't we pay? This is my editorializing beyond Wells's writing. Why don't we pay servers a living wage, Scott? Why won't you allow them to be paid what they are worth? All right. Now, I don't disagree with your editorializing, but I will just take a perspective from, again, the Europeans. Let's take one from the French. One of the other things they're famous for is smaller portions, which is one of the reasons people don't walk out of there with doggy bags, but also they think that's horrible if you do that. But anyway, you go there for smaller portions, yet you pay higher prices for the smaller portions. You may pay an equal price for a smaller portion as you would pay for a larger portion here, but they are making more money per portion by making them smaller and therefore being able to pay their servers a higher wage. Uh, if you were to do that here, the theory goes, you would disrupt an industry that right now depends on lower cost of food, higher expectation that you'll tip on top of it. If it goes the other direction, which again, how do you even do that transition? Because it's such a like... I don't know. People will be like, am I supposed to? What am I supposed to do? What are we doing? Is there like a time period where this changes over? Am I supposed to do it now? Like, am I still tipping? I'm going to tip him anyway. I really like that guy. Like, you're going to have a weird transition. But let's just say you could turn it on and off like a switch. You would suddenly have food costs go up in order to help pay living wages to those who are in the ser who are who are your servers, your waiters, your waitresses, and so on. So, I can see that argument that that would be a big pain in the ass. Now, may it be worth it in the long run? Yes. Would there be casualties? Absolutely. There would be restaurants that simply go under. Probably. I, I'm, you know, this is all based on a little hyperbole. I don't know. But probably would go under, under the weight of that kind of seismic change to the very economic underpinnings of their business. Uh, uh, by the way, 90 to 95% of restaurants that are started die within their first year restaurants yeah. are a, a tremendously volatile industry yeah uh scott i believe that tipping is a beautiful and amazing american tradition and i would believe that its abolishment and those who work toward its abolishment are trying to hurt the hard-working servers that give them food each and every day mm. i think as a former server that the idea that everybody thinks, oh, you should pay uh, uh, servers a living wage is amazing and everyone should continue thinking it because it means that those that work really hard, people are more inclined to give them good tips and they are able to walk away with instant money through a direct transaction with the people that they are dealing with and not scuzzy ass weird restaurant managers uh, and, and owners who oftentimes are less than scrupulous. Shocker. When you are in a highly volatile industry that does not exactly attract road scholars, <laughs> sometimes greed and graft and abuse happens. Yeah. The idea that here in America we can have a lifeline where the people that are directly dealing with these beautiful golden laborers and can reward the best of them and punish the worst of them directly, I think is amazing i think it is something to be protected and celebrated the world round okay but you can see why the other side feels the way they do and here's what i'm what i mean it's a it's not a guarantee when you get up to go to work that day you go to your shift nothing is is guaranteed that you're going to walk away with any kind of set percentage of tips in fact, yeah. you're going to have one of those nights where you worked a Tuesday shift and you came home with shit and it was terrible. The very next Tuesday, maybe triple what you usually get. And you may say that on yeah. average, it all evens out. What people would would rather have is like somebody with a desk job or like somebody with, you know, another is working in another industry is some idea that they're going to be 
they're going to see a consistent thing instead of some weird average they can't control. I understand that frustration because I, part of me, this is a weird topic for us today. Part of me is totally on the side of tipping's a great tradition. It inspires people to be uh, strong-willed and, and smart and outdo the next guy and 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 earn their and truly earn and do great things. I 100% behind that. But I also understand the idea that we've re- we've relegated them all to this place where they have to be dancing monkeys to get extra money. And it's just a little you know, it's a little it's a little weird to say no, you can't count on here's the only here's the baseline you can count on which will not pay your rent. So good luck with that baseline. Uh, and hope you get some tips. And it's just a little bit like this un- unstable ground that they're being placed on. I understand why that's not so fun. So okay. I'm kind of so, torn. So we are so we are denying. And by the way, uh, this has led to a lot of restaurants abolishing tips uh, uh, or doing tip shares. I personally hated tip shares. I I hated the idea that I would be lumped in and paid out the exact same amount of money than the person next to me that I knew was doing less work and I knew was not taking care of my tables in the way that I was taking care of their tables. It made me happy when I was dealing with people that I knew worked really, really hard. I was very excited to share tips with them, but I liked having that option. I liked being able to uh, uh, figure out the best way to uh, work with the people that I liked the best and to make the most money. That was something that was exciting to me. Now, to be fair, I've gone on to a world where nothing is promised. I, I make my living on Patreons where if everybody were to lose their job tomorrow, I would also no longer have a job. There is no guarantee for me. There is no hourly rate for me. I am only going to make as much money as I'm going to work hard to do. So maybe I am predisposed to uh, be taking these kinds of risks. However, I do believe that even if we are to, uh, and this is statistically proven, that there are things other than hard work, there are things other than service that correlate with high tips, that these things, these uh, irregularities exist in every workplace. Uh, Discrimination happens for every single uh, uh, situation, and any control that you might have over your own fate uh, monetarily, I think is something that is really rad and really cool. And I know I very much appreciate it as somebody who wanted to go above and beyond so I could make the most that I could. Right. Um, I, I mean, I have a hard time disagreeing with that. I think you're right. And the closer you get to, well, we're all going to share our tips now. That's how we'll deal with this. Seems a little screwy because you're just creating like a, a little communist microcosm. And all of the things that fail in communism will fail there on their own on the, in their own little micro level. So, so I don't think that's the answer either. Um, as somebody who also spent some time as a waiter, I preferred what you just described. I preferred being in charge of my kind of my own destiny, and sort of come what may. And I also firmly believe, especially as I've gotten older, the idea of stability is a bit of a myth. There really isn't much of a thing uh, called stability. You can hedge your bets. You can do all sorts of things to try to make it so it's, you know, you, you've got a stronger chance than somebody else or whatever. But it's this big sliding scale. And stability is literally a, a heart attack away before you're now in instability or a million other reasons why life gets disrupted, jobs get disrupted, industries get disrupted. So, so I, I, I can't really disagree with you. I guess all I'm saying is I understand why people would feel like they're undervalued at a baseline level. Like if you don't think I'm worth more than three fifty an hour, that, that says something. And even if you say, well, that's just because they know I'm going to get really good tips and it shouldn't matter. And I don't really see this as a judgment of me or my character or my work ethic. I think it still affects people that way. Well, now that not every state does this, uh, the uh, states of Minnesota, Montana, Washington, Oregon, California, Nevada, Alaska, and Guam, 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 <laughs> uh, uh, require that all service in, uh, all service employees get paid minimum wage, and then you also get tips. So, so there are not the uh, service wage is in forty-seven states, but not all of them. Mm. Or wait, no, I guess more than whatever. How do One, uh two, three, four, five, six, seven? So forty-three states uh, have a service wage of some kind. So like a lot of issues like this in society, they tend to be, uh, you know, like tipping's uh, this thing is sort of ingrained in us now. 
So every time you go out, the tip thing is just something you have to consider and think about unless you're on vacation somewhere. And even then, depends on where you go, you may still have to. But uh, what about what about people coming up now? What about these millennials or the Xennials or whatever the hell they're being called uh, <laughs> now that we didn't have the name for last time we did an episode about this group? But what about those guys? No, they- everybody, everybody raise above my nuts. Everybody's sending me this Xennial thing. Enough with the Xennials, whatever. <laughs> We're not just going to, I mean, like, or if you're going to come up with it, come up with a some uh, something other than a lazy ass portmanteau of, uh, of 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 generation x and millennial like oh my god who who, who took the five minute brainstorm <laughs> session for zennial it's bad can't it's... raise up off my nuts whatever I, I and agree. i'm supposed to be in that group i'd rather be a millennial than than, than the zennial yeah. oh god yeah it sucks it makes my stomach hurt even to hear you say the words Anyway, speaking of millennials, they're ruining everything and they're ruining tipping, too. <laughs> Apparently, uh, according to statistics, millennials are bad tippers known uh, to love tasting new foods and dining out in upscale casual dining establishments. But more than other generations, one third of Gen Y tips less than 15 percent at restaurants. Only 16 percent of people in demographics older than millennials admit to tipping less than 15 percent. A lesson from me to you, unfriend me, uh, uh, unfriends. Please, twenty percent. You know, yeah. any anything below twenty percent, and it's a statement. Do yourself and your your reputation a favor, and just twenty percent. So why? So so why isn't why don't we just standardize gratuities and just say everybody has to do twenty percent? Because you're saying do twenty percent, but you're yeah. just, you're relying on on the goodness of everybody's heart or their level of cheapness or whatever. It, that's why people don't like tips. Is because if this was a thing they knew was going to happen, they knew it was twenty percent. Then you're just robbing Peter to pay Paul anyway. You may as well just no, give that twenty percent. All right, you want to know what this is? You want to know? All right, I'll get into it, and we can open up the phone lines right after this. 801-285-9395. Tell me where I'm wrong on this. The reason why people don't like tipping isn't necessarily because they're cheap. All right, but there's a lot of cheap skin flints out here. They're probably <laughs> listening to this right now, clutching their two pennies together and hoping it's going to make a dime. But meanwhile, the reason why these people don't like tipping are twofold. Number one, you're OCD and you can't help but think, but if this person, if I didn't do this right now, then maybe nobody else would in the world. Guess what? We live in an endless pit of chaos and either you do well or, or, or you are going to have the repercussions of a life for which your reputation is tarnished. And number two, because people don't like math. People just don't like it. They get intimidated by math. They get bothered by math. That's why there's tip calculators. That's why we write, many uh, uh, service uh, industry people write how much 15%, how much 20% is. There's a restaurant around the corner from me that just has a checkbox. So you can just say, if you just want to give 20, it'll just add it right there. Just check the 20% box. People don't like doing the math. And it scares them and it frightens them and nobody wants to admit it because nobody wants to sound like a dummy. But guess what? I'm on to you, you arithmetic boobs. <laughs> Best rant in a while. Uh, all right. It's now down to you folks. Call in. Is Justin right? Is it a grand tradition? Should be carried on? Should be part of everyone's uh, young upbringing? By the way, I want to say this about millennials, zennials, whatever they are. Uh, part of it is they don't have the expendable income yet, and uh, maybe that percentage goes up as they get older. But anyway, hi, you're on the air. You're our first caller. Who's this? Hi, it's uh, Matt from uh, PA. Hello, Matt from PA. What's your take on tipping? Uh, well, I work at a, a bar in uh, near two universities, and I I find that the students are terrible tippers, number one. But uh, I also find I, – I question for Jerry, what – what is your thought on paying normal wages and then uh, letting patrons tip whatever they want if they deem a tip possible if the tip server went above and beyond? Yeah, so tips on top of a oh, living yeah. wage. No, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with whatever base pay that any restaurant wants to pay their servers, and I think that they're going to attract better servers if they have a better base pay. Uh, what I am saying here is that many restaurant owners and managers like is similar in many fields are not particularly trustworthy. And what I don't want is in a blind fury uh, of, of people being scared about the idea of how to slide a decimal point one spot to the left that we take away the uh, ability for 
customers to directly affect their service because I don't trust a manager. I don't trust an owner out of hand. Now, maybe if I have a relationship with them, I like them. I understand. They open up their books and show us uh, what they're making for them to say, well, you know, business seems busier, seems good. We're going to raise what you guys would get paid based on like a tip bonus or something like that. Mm. Managers that I've had, mm -hmm. by and large, I would not trust to make that decision with the kind of speed and fluidity that happens when a restaurant gets busier and the tips get larger. Yeah. That is just my opinion. Yeah, they don't. Those guys usually don't get out ahead of that stuff and start paying you more without you asking. There's a reason why you go ask for raises, like across the board. Like, forget about the service industry. Raises usually don't come as some sort of automatic expectation. They let that stuff go because there's demand to get more. So I, I think that that's probably true. The bummer for you is you live by these schools and you said it yourself. Students are bad tippers, partly because students are cheap. Because students are students yeah. are poor. They're out there either on their their parents' dime or they're working or they've got a limited uh, sort of budget they have to stick to every month. And that must be a bummer. Like, I feel like there should be a sliding scale or some sort of way to to beef up what you get from a base pay perspective, given those circumstances. And you might say, well, sure, that can be. It's up to each owner. And I And I get that. I guess my whole point about all of this is none of it follows any kind of uh, locked down track. It's all over the place. So if you're in a, a bar by a school with cheap students and they tip terribly, there's no there's no rule that says okay, well there's higher base pay there if you work there versus an Applebee's downtown where the tips come flowing from all the old people at four o'clock for happy hour. Like yeah, it's it's that that to me is the part that get, that by, throws. By, everybody. by the way, uh, 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 early bird, uh, not much better on on no. the tipping scale uh, <laughs> than students. Oh uh, yeah, well, the older I find that the older they get, tighter they get. The younger they are, the tighter they are. It's there's yeah. this happy. Oh no, no, no. you want you want that sweet spot. You want that you want that twenty five to to sixty five. Like that, that's your prime tipping years. You want, you want two bottles of wine on the table, bunch of apps, like eat everybody. Maybe you get another entree to go and a nice $150 bill. You're taking home $30 plus. You're having a good time. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Don't most, I shouldn't say most, but a lot of establishments, they take a portion of the tips anyway, right? So you're not no. even, oh. I thought that was true of some places. Maybe if they have a tip sharing thing, and that's what I'm confusing. If, if you have a tip sharing thing, then that's another thing. It's like I, I've been in tip shares where all of a sudden it's the managers counting up all the money and telling you at the end of the day how much you get. Yeah, that's. Well, let me ask you, who, who was, uh, what was your name again? Who's calling? He's, he's gone, but it was uh, Matt or Mark or something from Pennsylvania. I need, I need servers to call in and just uh, uh, tell me how much you trust your manager. Mm, how mm. much do you trust your manager? Mm. Because. I've had managers I really liked. I had managers that I didn't like. And I had managers that were shady and weird and were spending a lot more time trying to screw the underage hostess than they were <laughs> trying to figure out how I could have a better, more profitable life. Yeah, I worked at a Chi-Chi's and everything you just said happened there. Uh, you're not wrong about that. Like, it's not like we're dealing with these angels behind the counter who are giving us the best shot possible. Hi, you're on the air. Who's this? Hey, this is Matt. Oh, I hey, man. Sorry, bud. I didn't mean to lose you. I don't know what that was. Hung up on you somehow. No, right. Anyway, so how do you... No. Here, so let's ask the question, Justin. How does he... Do you trust your manager? How, how much do you trust your manager? Let's go ahead and put your manager on blast. Uh, do, you, do you like him? Do you not like him? Or him or her? Or what do you think? I, I don't like him at all. I get paid every day because I don't trust him to keep track of what I get, what I get, what I earn. So would he normally hold on to it for the week or something? Or how does that go? Yeah, he, he wants to hold on to it during the week and uh, keep track of what it is and then pay me out at the end of the week. But I, I tell him, no, like, tip me out every night. I, I, don't want, I don't want him to keep track of it. I want it every day. Yeah. These are who you want to empower. <laughs> Anti-tipping advocates. This is who you want. You want more power for this man. Yeah. You want more, more of, of a say on this caller's life. <laughs> I I totally get it. I totally get it. And our, so okay, let me ask this question. Thanks for the call. I'm gonna. Oh wait, we got. Uh, let me take this next call. Hold on a second. Hi, you're on the air. Oh, I lost him. Okay, here's here's a callback. Whoever that was, I didn't mean to miss you. I think I caught you right on the tail end there. Uh, uh what's the cutoff? And by cutoff, I mean. Oh, there they are. They're back. Hold on. Sorry. Hi, you're on, <laughs> you're on the air. Who's this? 
This is your friend, Evan, the attorney. Hello. Oh, my gosh. I love it when you call because I feel like we're Evan! getting our legal perspective on. Uh, what's uh, what's your take on all this, man? Well, uh, I have to admit, I came into the show late, but I am with Justin on this one. You know, it's unfair for someone who has to bring me 17 Cokes while I eat a steak to get paid the same amount as the kid behind the counter at the McDonald's who just of the bag in my hand. Ah, so I'm glad you brought that up. That was exactly what I was going to talk about before your call. So I'm going to leave you on for this one. What is the cutoff for where you do it? So if I go to um, Wallabies over here, it's this barbecue place. Yeah. It's kind of this middle. Uh, so so here's the range. Let's say there's a, a Texas Roadhouse. Okay, there's one. We'll just do chains. Then there's Wallabies and then there's McDonald's. There's obviously a lot in between, but Wallabies has kind of a mix of counter and then also bring it to you. Yeah. Uh, the steak place is right to your table the whole time. Table, 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 server, table, server, table. You go to McDonald's, just walk to the counter, order your thing and get out of there. Where, what is, where am I supposed to not be tipping? Because uh, wage wise. Two factors. Okay. Two factors. All Here's right. what. All, All right. right. I'm going to give you guys the, the, the lesson of how and when to draw that line. Are they checking up with you during your dining experience, a.k.a. are they coming to get you more drinks? Are they making sure that you don't want something else and you are now sitting down and they are and is somebody attending to you? That's step number one. Step okay. number two, do they clean after clean up after you or are you required to bring your dirty ass mess to the trash and throw it away by yourself? Busting the table and attending to you to me are what separates a 15 to 20% gratuity. Okay. That that is what earns you that because it that to me is not only the thing that they are doing before you get there if they're cleaning up for you, your is your dining station pristine? Do you feel comfortable being there and does it heighten your eating experience to not see some leftover prime rib gristle uh, <laughs> uh right up in front of your maw, right? Right. Right. And are you taken care of? Yeah. Are you are uh, are they attentive to your needs while you are eating? That's what earns that money. Okay, so Evan, do you do you hold with that? God help me, I'm in a hundred percent agreement with Justin Robert Young. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, write this down. It's a big day. Can I add? Can I just add two things? Of course. Um, one is I always make an adjustment when I travel for the cost of living in particular city I'm in. Like, I'll live, leave a much bigger percentage tip if I'm eating at Alford's in San Francisco than if I'm eating at a Waffle House in Hastings, Nebraska. Just because I know these people have higher cost of living. Yeah, that's true. And, a lot of, I wonder if, I'm guessing a lot of people don't consider that, uh, travelers. Because, <laughs> you know, if you go to San Francisco for the weekend, you're not necessarily thinking, oh, you know, this guy's one-bedroom crap apartment in the ratty part of town with one toilet in the middle of the room and a bed right next to it costs as much as uh you know a full suite uh, top floor and in, in some you know i well here let, let me just say this i appreciate i appreciate that evan although considering the fact that me getting a hamburger and two beers in oakland costs 55 dollars uh, <laughs> I, 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 I just understand that the cost of the food is going to drive up my tip yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. And the final thing before you guys can let me go is, I don't know if you covered this, but there is actually a proposal being floated by the Department of Labor right now to let restaurants uh, take the tips from servers and then apportion them the way they want. Well, I don't like that. See, to me, that's worse than no. Than, but yeah. I hate it. Thank God. Thank God. Let's 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 regulate this more. <laughs> regulate it. <laughs> I don't think it needs any regulation. I think that it it may need um, it may me. You know what usually works better than regulation is just a good dose of like public embarrassment. So the places that are treating their people the worst get the most bad PR and therefore have to adjust, or else they, you know, really dings their bottom line and they go away. Um, I don't think stepping in and saying yeah that 10 bucks that person left on the table needs to go straight to the restaurant so the restaurant can decide what to do with it like what does now, that now, even now, mean to, to be fair uh, macbook pro does point out that if you do tip on a credit card it is going to management and management then cashes out the server at the end of the night so yeah. so they are doing it however you as a server know exactly how much 
is coming in because you have your receipts. So right. it's well, the proposal, the proposal right now is so that the uh, management can say, well, more needs to go to the kitchen staff, more needs to go to the uh, bus boys, more needs to go to the hostess, and not so much going to the um, the uh, Just actual to the server. server. Yeah, when so, I was when I worked at Chi Chi's years and years and years forever ago, um, they when Chi Chi's existed. Uh, Mexican for boobs or Spanish for boobs. Anyway, uh, Mexican. <laughs> anyway, I when mean, I, could, could, no, no, that's not wrong. I mean, well, like you could say it's a Mexican dialect for boobs. Sure, why not? But when I worked there, they had a split between the server and the bus boys. I don't think kitchen staff or any of that was affected because they just got whatever their wage was. And in every case, the kitchen staff was a higher wage than that of the servers or that of the of the bus boys or the people yeah. that would go and do that. So they were already doing that split. I assume that's true across the board, right? You don't uh, servers the, don't the get way I under the way I've always understood it is that kitchen staff definitely makes more. Uh, they make among the highest uh, the highest payouts or the highest uh, 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 hourly wages next to management. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the tip outs in in the worlds that I worked in went to busboys. If you're a server, you tipped out your busboy and you tipped out the bar. Because the bar was getting the highest price <laughs> items for you that tended to add or, or you know, uh, uh, they, they were gateways to more higher priced items. So the faster they got your drinks to you, uh, the better off your check was. And that's why you were tipping them out. Interesting. Okay. Well, great, great show, guys. Yeah. Thanks, man. Uh, go t- t- give someone a good tip there, will you, buddy? Um, yeah. I don't know, man. I'm like, I'm so. Uh... I'm so kind of weirdly torn on this. But we, have you ever given, have you ever walked into it like a Burger King, got really good service for them and just said, you know what, here's an extra couple bucks for your trouble? Oh, totally. Well, you know, they're, uh, this is tipping fast food workers. If you go to the same fast food place, Andrew, Maine, and I, when we used to live in Florida, used to go to the same Taco Bell, the same Taco Bell and the same Arby's. And we, would, we, we became friends with the people that worked there because we were just there constantly, right? You slip them. A little extra, like a little like five dollars. Hey, here's a tip, man. You have no idea how many dividends that five dollars ever ever worry about not getting enough sauce. Boom, no problem. You want an extra taco here and again? They will uh, have it accidentally uh, blow into your bag uh, uh, by accident if you slip a little fiber here and again. <laughs> All right, this is good advice. Hi, hello, you're on the show. Who's this? Hey guys, it's Ian. Hey man, what's up? It's always good to hear from you. Yeah, not too much. For for me, tipping uh, needs to be abolished. I would much rather just have people be paid the wages that they're supposed to be paid, as opposed to having to sort of guess at the, the end how much money you're actually going to wind up owing a place. Like I, I freaking, I freaking hate the fact that like I feel like I'm going to be spending ten dollars and then I wind up spending fifteen or sixteen because no matter how many times I tell myself. Oh yeah, there's. T- I still need the tip at the end. I always forget until I get the check. Mm. Well, all right. So let's take this. Let's take this train of thinking here for a second, which probably is Justin's probably ready to pop on this one. But here's 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 no no no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Here's yeah, what no, I, here's no, what no, I want to no, say. Have a conversation. Go. Here's We're what I want to say about this. I love this idea, except for what is that wage like? It's easy for us to say, well, just pay in the living wage. So what is that? Is that minimum wage or higher, I guess, right? That's mm-hmm. that's our our baseline that we've sort of semi-established across most of the uh, United States is, is this minimum wage. And it may vary from state to state because different states do different things. But, but if you're in that state, minimum wage or higher, that should be it. And a server could walk into that conversation and say, no. I would rather make it on the low end and let my prowess as an awesome server augment it to the point that I'm getting tipped so much by the end of the week, I'm tr- making triple what people who are a minimum wage are making. The idea of taking that option away from them, like you can still be a restaurant that does it the way you're talking about. Yeah. And you can have another restaurant that does it the other way. It seems like the servers who are really, really wanting to take it to the furthest degree are going to go work for the place where they control their destiny with the possibility of more money, even if it doesn't guarantee more money. Am I wrong? Right. And, and you know what? Even that, even that I would be okay with. Like, I want, I want it to be more optional. Let's put it that way. Like, I, I feel obligated when I go out to, to eat that I'm going to tip because yeah. I know how little these people are making and I know that 
you know, even with tips, most most servers are barely getting by in our country. Right. But then when I go and visit places like Europe and I go uh, visit places like Japan where they're actually, you know, making what would be enough money to survive on and tipping is basically, you know, frowned upon as like, no, it's not something that we need. Like here in the U.S., I would just much rather it be, you know, people making the money that they should be making in the first place you know, yes, a living wage in that specific state. And then an optional, if you feel like adding in a few extra couple of bucks, you can, but you don't have to, you're not required to. I'd much rather it fall onto the business than the customer. You should go out with my, you should. Not <laughs> me, <laughs> not me. Let somebody yeah. else do it. Let somebody else do it because I don't want to do the math. Yeah. Uh, hashtag, yes. hashtag not me. I get it. No, this yeah, is all good. But, but yeah. that's I mean, look, this is this is a common mentality, right? It, it's always easier when somebody else takes care of it. It's always better when we can shift blame off of ourselves. And I understand that tipping for a uh, our, our human pattern recognizing and solving brains is hard because there's a, a, a remainder that now you have to figure out how you are going to put down the money to do it. Now, all I would say is this: I. In my experience as a server, yes, there were some servers that were struggling. There were many servers that were not. In fact, servers, the majority of the servers that made the most money in my life were guys that wanted to do other stuff. They wanted to have enough money that they could also run a scuba diving training thing, or they wanted to be in a band. They wanted a, a job that created time flexibility and management and that primarily happened at a certain time of day. So if they're working night shifts, which is when you're going to make the most money, you could do something else from nine to four, mm -hmm. right? These are great jobs that then offer them the ability to sustain them. And if what we want to say is we should push for a community of restaurants to treat their servers better and to treat their, uh, to, to treat their kitchen staff better, that's fine. Cool. Show me the work. That goes into it. Show me how much you are paying compared to how much is coming in on, on, on gratuities, right? Mm -hmm. But if we're talking about legislating it, get the F out of here. <laughs> like, like, there is no way that I think that the full force of the law should be on the side of restaurant owners and managers when right now we have a system where the money flows directly to the people doing the job. I agree with that 100%. Uh, thanks for the call, dude. Here's the here's here's a little uh, thing to throw a wrench into your hoo-ha, okay? Uh, what if, well, first of all, let me tell you an experience that's like, here's what it's like to live like me. My wife is a huge tipper. She's a yeah. big believer in let's, let's give back, let's show great work, great recognition. I'm not a bad tipper in the sense that I don't want to tip. I just sometimes don't pay attention. Sometimes I'll just be there going, eh, ba -doop -ba -dee. and at the end of it, I'm like, oh, I guess that was all right. I probably should have tipped more. Like I, I'm kind of out of it when, but she's hyper, hyper, uh, uh, vigilant about making sure everybody's getting their due. This happened once and I'm not kidding. We went to a pizza place not far from here called pizza, pizzeria Limon. It's, I don't know if it's a chain, but we like it. We are um, shouting out so many restaurants. That's I true. I love it. This is great. You go in there, you go and you pick the Tell thing. Tell them all that unfriend me sent you. <laughs> they go through this line. You go through a line. You have your pizza kind of custom made. And then they bring it out to you. So it's kind of like one of these in-betweener things. Some some checking on you, seeing how you're doing stuff. And mostly it's behind the counter. Um, no, no tip expected. In fact, I think it says at the top or up at the front, it says something about not taking tips. We pay all our workers or whatever. So it's one of these things that's like sort of pro-anti-tipping. Yet there's this kid who was very, very helpful and conscientious, brought us out this stuff, was a little late with one of the pizzas, and so gave us a free brownie with it. He was this nice. younger kid, super nice, came out later, says, you guys doing okay? Everything went well. Kim gave him a big, fat effing tip. And moreover, we overheard him talking to a buddy in the back of the room or near the kitchen area, overheard them talking about Overwatch. So what does my yeah. wife do? Gives him the fat tip. We go home. She goes, I'll be back. I'm like, where are you going? She goes, I'm taking these two prints, these stickers, and this other thing you got from BlizzCon, all this Overwatch merch. I'm taking it back over to the restaurant, giving it to this kid, which she did. She went over there, right, and in the middle of the place, Kim is, Kim is also just the greatest. Person. I don't know what's going on with her. She's oh insane. So she's life tipping, experience tipping, and money yeah. tipping. So that's 
what I live with <laughs> every everywhere I go, and it just sort of happens, and she takes care of it, and it's fine. No, I think I think she should give it to the manager, and the manager <laughs> should decide how much those kids like Overwatch, and then give them the prints. This uh, is exactly uh, where I was going with this. Give Anessa them a living a living wage amount of prints, not <laughs> how much you want to give them. Right. How much is determined by a baseline? Yeah, this is why I'm on your side on that because I just I think that you cannot regulate it unless you're the restaurant owner. Then you have all the right in the world to. Hi, you're on the air. Who's this? Hey, this is Eric. Hey, uh, I'm Zach the CMK in the chat. Hey, cool, cool, good to have you here. What's your uh, uh, what's your take on all this tipping business? Well, I wanted to talk to Justin's point because, um, you know, he keeps talking about the creepy managers, and I and I think they're I, I agree they're I'm sure they're they're not lovely human beings, um, but one of the things I keep thinking is uh, if you set an appropriate hourly wage, whatever that is, presumably more than minimum, let's, let's say it's, you know, $20 an hour or 15 or whatever makes sense. Um, and you, uh, have your waiters and waitresses come in, they, uh, mark their hours down on, on an agreed upon, you know, uh, time card. Everyone can see the time card. Everyone knows they worked 37 hours that week and they make X amount of money, there's really no dispute anymore with the manager because you've taken cash out of the equation. So all of a sudden the manager can just say, or the, the employee can just say, hey, this is 37 hours, 15 bucks an hour. Here's what that works out to pay up. Right. Justin, Justin, what you what, take? What you just, you're, you're moving past the two actual conflict points. The two conflict points are exactly how much that "Quote unquote living wage is, and the uh, the the other side is whether or not it adjusts based on the fluctuations of the restaurant. As of right now, in the system that we have now, if the restaurant becomes more popular, and therefore I am doing more work, and therefore I am taking on more groups that that are coming in that are pains in the ass that have preset menus, and now all of a sudden some kid wants milk instead of soda, and I got to run back and do it, and I got to cover these other people's tables. If that becomes busier," I make more money directly. I don't have to wait until the manager or the owner says, well, you want to know what? In a sustained growth curve, we are going to agree that we are going to raise the wage from X to Y, right? right like, right. like this is not something, I get that everybody has this twitch in their brain that, it, it, oh, it's chaos. It, it, it won't work or whatever. Look, it's it's fine now. The best people get good money and sure it's imperfect but so is life and we can all do a lot better to to uh, rectify it in ways that doesn't take cold hard cash out of the hands of people that are working really hard <laughs> wow all right but that I, I would i would venture to say though i mean I, I have a kind of a counterpoint to that is most jobs don't do that i mean uh, the job that I work just because uh where i work happens to have a good year doesn't mean my pay goes up exponentially, even the work, even though maybe the work does. I exactly. mean, that's not and unusual. Wouldn't it be better if it did? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then when we have a shit year, it's going to be terrible. It's going to be an, it'd be an awful year for me too. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, the works. fact that there's consistency means that I can, you know, plan my life. Yeah, and look, a, a, a service job is not for everybody. And there's a reason, why, again, the people that I knew that were the best servers, that made the most money, were very often people that had that job for a reason, right? And mm. and they wanted other things out of that lifestyle. Right. It's not for everybody. Right. But for the people that it is for, oh, man, it's tipping awesome. And for those of you who are saying, yeah, because uh, every tipper reports everything in cash uh to the federal government for taxation stop snitching <laughs> thanks for the call here's the thing i i i get his point and i think that uh, you know one thing we haven't talked about it's very hard for people in the service industry to get home loans to get uh lots of kinds of loans financial services for them are tricky as hell because you are dealing with some of the things honestly i have to deal with which is fluctuation so you don't because you don't have something on record and consistently where you provide two pay stubs that shows, oh, okay, this person's making such and such a year because you're missing all of those things. You, you just straight up can't get the kinds of loans other people can get. Now that automatically puts people in the service industry in a 
in a step up situation, meaning they're they're in a they're in an industry that is not necessarily something they can stay in long term if their goals include owning their own home, financing a car, like blah, 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 like all that kind of stuff isn't going to come from that level. Now, if you move up into management and now you're on a regular salary and tips don't matter, well, then suddenly you are a consistent enough person for a bank to not turn you down. So so there's some stuff to be talked about there probably, but but on the whole, I, I think I'm with Justin on this. Like it's a, it's a, it's a thing that's a little weird. It's a little self-contained and it's happening here. It's established. So taking that away from hardworking tip-based uh, earners seems cruel. Scott, you want to know what else mm. is is a beautiful American tradition? What's that? Home runs. Oh, my gosh. Hot dogs. Yeah. Uh, uh, freedom. Democracy. My eyes have seen the glory, Scott. Tipping is a beautiful American tradition that needs to be not only celebrated but defended vigorously, and it was my duty, nay, my honor, to do so today on Unfriended. You almost went full Dodge Ram commercial on the on the uh, on the Super Bowl with that, where you were starting to quote Dr. King to support your tipping argument. That was gonna. I was real excited to see how far you'd take that. I think you took it just far enough. Uh, but yeah, I know we're going to get feedback on this one. Uh, I'm very curious about it. I think it's a, it's weirdly divisive for a thing that is um, sometimes opposite of what somebody's overall political system of beliefs, even financial beliefs might be about economy, uh, classes, the 1% versus everybody else, taxation, like all of those issues you might land very differently there. Even you, Justin, might land differently there than you do specifically with the very microcosmic version of what we're talking about, which is a server earning tips. Because I think the the financial uh, and economic things at play there, when they're writ big on a larger scale and affect many people, it's a different, I have a different belief system. I know I do. And I think that's interesting. So I want to hear that kind of feedback. I want to see what people think about this entire discussion. Tell me how much you like your manager. Tell me how much servers, servers. Tell me how much you like your manager. I need to hear. I need to hear how much you like. I need awful manager stories because I want everybody, everybody who's never worked in a restaurant that jumps up and down about how much tipping is just a, a awful th- situation to understand who they want to empower. Yeah, this is this is how I look at it. It's not about, oh, it's easier for me to just do a thing and I just don't I just don't tip. It's about who you are looking to empower because I think that we have something pretty good going on. But you want to know what, Scott? Mm. Everybody can send all those to unfriendmeshow at gmail.com. A reminder that the unfriends who are the unfriendliest always enter in our phone number into their phone so they don't have to. Uh, remember what we are saying in case we don't mention it all that often during the show. That is 801-285-9395. Go ahead and enter it in to your phone uh, as unfriend me. So you can always call in if you're listening live at twitch.tv slash frog pants. But Scott, next week, that 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 American rant, it got me thinking. Uh-oh. And next week we should talk about Abortion. American exceptionalism. Oh, American American exceptionalism. I love it. American exceptionalism. The idea that America is the world's special snowflake, the shining city on a hill. Yeah. We talk about it next week. Oh, my gosh. I'm so looking forward to the manifest destiny. All these great words are going to come up next week uh, right here on Unfriend Me. A reminder, we have a Patreon now. If you guys want to support it, it's so simple and easy. Patreon.com slash unfriendme. We have lots of cool stuff coming and lots of cool stuff already there. So head over there, check it out. Thanks to everybody who's already pitched in. That's Patreon.com slash unfriendme. And a late breaking note. Beep, 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 beep. Up on the Frog Pants store right now, you can go get your own Unfriend Me t-shirt. It's a baseball tee. Gray and black. Pretty awesome. Unfriend Me t-shirt available now at frogpants.com just click on the store link and uh, i'll put it on the unfriendly page as well and you can just hop on over there and check it out it's pretty cool oh see there chat i'm showing you right now i'm gonna get me me and justin will be wearing this before you know it uh hell yeah yeah it'll be good so uh go check that out that's uh frogpants.com store and i think that's gonna 
do it. If I missed anything, uh, Justin R. Young on Twitter. I'm at Scott Johnson. I think that's it. You got anything else? Uh, no, Scott. You can uh, go ahead and unfriend me. Yeah, unfriend me, uh, everybody. And thanks for being our unfriends. We really appreciate it. We'll be here next week with a brand new show, frogpants.tv for the live show. That's at uh, 1 p.m. Mountain if you want to be here live. It's going to do it for us. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>